This is an audio version of Discovering Latent Knowledge in Language Models Without Supervision by Colin Burns et al. This is a recording of sections 1 to 3, as included in the AGI Safety Fundamentals curriculum. Here's the abstract. Existing techniques for training language models can be misaligned with the truth. If we train models with imitation learning, they may reproduce errors that humans make. If we train them to generate text that humans rate highly, they may output errors that human evaluators can't detect. We propose circumventing this issue by directly finding latent knowledge inside the internal activations of a language model in a purely unsupervised way. Specifically, we introduce a method for accurately answering yes-no questions, given only unlabeled model activations. It works by finding a direction in activation space that satisfies logical consistency properties, such as that a statement and its negation have opposite truth values. We show that despite using no supervision and no model outputs, our model can recover diverse knowledge represented in large language models. Across six models and ten question-answering datasets, it outperforms zero-shot accuracy by 4% on average. We also find that it cuts prompt sensitivity in half and continues to maintain high accuracy even when models are prompted to generate incorrect answers. Our results provide an initial step towards discovering what language models know, distinct from what they say, even when we don't have access to explicit ground-truth labels. Section 1. Introduction. The increasing deployment of language models in real-world applications opens up exciting possibilities, but also raises the stakes of AI research and presents new risks. There's a list of references here. One of these risks is that the language models do not always output text that is true. More references. Common training objectives can cause models to learn internal representations related to truth, since truth is a useful feature for many tasks. However, these objectives can also cause language models to output text that is false, at least in some circumstances. For example, if we train a model to imitate human-generated text, it may learn to output common misconceptions, reference to Lin et al. 2022. Or if we train a chatbot to optimise a reward, such as engagement, it may learn to generate text that is compelling but false, reference to Roller et al. 2021. If we try to reward model outputs that look true, a model may still learn to output false text if human readers can't evaluate the correctness of that text, reference to Kenton et al. 2021. In each case, this is an issue that stems from the misalignment between a training objective and the truth. As models are applied to more complex domains, human supervision may become less effective at mitigating this misalignment. Moreover, because this is a problem with the training objective rather than a model's capabilities, it likely won't be solved by scaling up models alone. We propose a different approach for addressing this misalignment, using models to answer questions in a purely unsupervised way. Intuitively, instead of trying to explicitly, externally specify truth, we search for implicit internal beliefs in quotes or knowledge in quotes learned by a model. We approach this problem by leveraging the fact that a model's representation of truth must satisfy logical consistency properties, which are unlikely to be satisfied by many other features. We implement this idea by introducing Contrast Consistent Search, or CCS, a method that learns a linear projection of the hidden states that is consistent across negations, as illustrated in Figure 1. And here's Figure 1. It's a fairly complicated flowchart. It represents asking a question, are cats mammals? And receiving a positive or negative answer, the flowchart is labelled with text that begins, Given a set of yes-no questions, answer each question with both yes and no, 
And then, for both cases, extract internal model activations. And then, for both cases, map each activation to a probability of being true. And then combining the results of each of those, optimize unsupervised loss to make probabilities consistent and confident. And then the final point on the flowchart is a graph. It's labelled, for each question, estimate the probability that the answer is yes. And what we see here is a sharply polarised graph. One of them has a very high probability of yes, and one of them has a very low probability of yes. The two cases look kind of like mirror images of each other. If you'd like to check out the mathematical formulae in this flowchart, you can do so in the original paper, which is linked in the episode description. There's also a caption with more explanation of the math behind this. We find that despite its simplicity, CCS can accurately recover knowledge from model representations. Evaluated across six models and ten question-answering datasets, CCS outperforms the accuracy of strong zero-shot baselines by 4% on average. The resulting classifier is also less sensitive to different prompts than zero-shot, cutting the standard deviation in accuracy in half. Additionally, we try deliberately prompting models to make incorrect outputs, which should intuitively change what models say, but which shouldn't affect their latent knowledge. We find that this causes zero-shot accuracy to drop by up to 9.5%, without decreasing the accuracy of CCS. We systematically analyse CCS to understand the features it discovers. We show that it transfers across unrelated tasks, suggesting that models may have a task-agnostic representation of the truth, and that CCS is able to approximately discover it. Moreover, CCS sometimes works best using the hidden states in the middle layers of a network, and can work even when model outputs aren't very informative, suggesting that it can leverage different features from those used by the outputs. Finally, we show that representations of truth tend to be salient in models. They can often be found without much data, and they can often be found by taking the top principal component of a slightly modified representation space. Most existing techniques for making models truthful use human supervision to explicitly specify what is correct. However, it is not feasible to provide supervision in some settings. Our work suggests that an external source of ground truth may not actually be necessary. We may instead be able to find a model's latent representation of truth, independent of what a model says, without using any supervision in the first place. Section 2. Problem Statement and Framework In this section, we describe our problem setup in more detail and introduce Contrast Consistent Search, or CCS, a method for discovering latent knowledge in language models without supervision. Audio note. Section 2 is a mix of plain language explanations and mathematical formulae. If this is more detail than you're interested in right now, or this is difficult for you to follow in audio form, which is quite normal, you can skip ahead to Section 3 using the chapter headings feature in your audio player if it's supported. Section 2.1. Problem. Discovering latent knowledge. Given a pre-trained neural language model and a set... Q1 through to Qn of yes-no questions. Our goal is to answer each Qi correctly. That's Q subscript I. Here, Qi can be any question with a well-defined answer, including procedural questions like, is 22 plus 59 237? For which the answer is no. And factual questions like, are cats mammals? For which the answer is yes. Technically, we only require that there are two mutually exclusive answers. For example, we can also use the labels positive and negative for sentiment classification. Moreover, our setup can easily extend to the case where we want to evaluate the truth of a set of statements instead of answering a set of questions. Importantly, we want methods that do not rely on the model generating correct outputs and that do not rely on external supervision. 
Instead, we turn to the model's unlabeled hidden representations. Specifically, let phi of x, a member of the set r to the power of d, denote some feature representation on a natural language input x, such as the hidden states of a transformer-based language model. Our goal is to answer the questions q1 through to qn, only given access to phi of that input. In section 2.2, we introduce a method for this problem that attains high accuracy, demonstrating that this task is tractable. Section 2.2. Contrast Consistent Search. To make progress on the goal described above, we exploit the fact that truth has a special structure. It satisfies consistency properties that few other features in a language model are likely to satisfy. Our method, Contrast Consistent Search, or CCS, leverages this idea by finding a direction in activation space that is consistent across negations. As we illustrate in Figure 1, CCS works by 1 answering each question qi as both yes, denoted by x subscript i, superscript plus, or xi plus, and no, denoted by xi minus, x subscript i, superscript minus. 2. Computing the representations phi of xi plus and phi of xi minus of each answer. 3. Mapping the answer representations to probabilities pi plus and pi minus of being true, then four, optimizing that mapping so that the probabilities are both consistent and confident. Concretely, the input to CCS is a set of yes-no questions, Q1 through to QN, and access to a pre-trained model's representations, phi of the inputs. The output of CCS is a lightweight probe on top of phi of the inputs that can answer new questions. Here, phi of the inputs is fixed, but should contain useful information about the answers to Q1 through to QN in the sense that if one did hypothetically have access to the ground truth labels for Q1 through to Qn, one would be able to train a small supervised probe on phi of the inputs that attains high accuracy. Importantly, CCS does not modify the weights of the pre-trained model, and it does not use labels. Subheading. Constructing contrast pairs. An important property that truth satisfies is negation consistency. The answer to a clear-cut question cannot be both yes and no at the same time, as these are negations of each other. Probabilistically, for each question qi, the probability that the answer to qi is yes should be 1 minus the probability that the answer to qi is no. To use this property, we begin by constructing contrast pairs. For each question qi, we answer qi both as yes, resulting in the new natural language statement xi plus, and as no, resulting in the natural language statement xi minus. We illustrate this in figure 1 which was described earlier. We will then learn to classify xi plus and xi minus as true or false. If xi plus is true, then the answer to qi should be yes. And if xi minus is true, then the answer to qi should be no. In practice, we convert each task into a question-answering task with two possible labels. Then we use task-specific zero-shot prompts to format questions and answers as strings to construct each contrast pair. The opposite labels we use to construct contrast pairs can be yes and no for a generic task, or they can be other task-specific labels such as positive and negative in the case of sentiment classification. We describe the exact prompts we use for each task in Appendix B. Subheading. Feature extraction and normalization. Given a contrast pair xi plus and xi minus, CCS first computes the representations phi of xi plus and phi of xi minus, using the feature extractor, phi of the inputs. 
Intuitively, there are two salient differences between phi of xi plus and phi of xi minus. First, xi plus ends with yes, while xi minus ends with no. And two, one of xi plus or xi minus is true while the other is false. We want to find two rather than one. So we first try to remove the effect of one by normalizing phi of xi plus and phi of xi minus independently. In practice, we construct normalized representations, normalized phi of x, as follows. So this is a pair of formulas, one for normalized phi of xi plus and one for normalized phi of xi minus. In the first case, normalized phi of xi plus is defined as equal to normalized phi of xi plus minus mu plus, that's a superscript plus, all divided by sigma plus. And in the corresponding case, for the normalized phi of xi minus, it's defined as equal to phi of xi minus minus mu minus, all divided by sigma minus. And in these formulae, mu plus and sigma plus, and mu minus and sigma minus, are the means and standard deviations of phi xi plus and phi xi minus for i equals 1 through to n, respectively, and where all operations are element-wise across each dimension. This normalization ensures that normalized phi xi plus and normalized phi xi minus no longer form two separate clusters. Subheading, mapping activations to probabilities. Next, we learn a probe, probability, subscript theta, comma, b, of normalized phi that maps a normalized hidden state, normalized phi of x, to a number between 0 and 1, representing the probability that the statement x is true. We use a linear projection followed by a sigmoid, delta of the input, that is, probability subscript theta comma b of normalized phi equals sigma of theta to the power of t normalized phi plus b. But nonlinear projections can also work. For simplicity, we sometimes omit the theta comma b subscript in p. Audio note, I will do so from now on. Training objective. To find features that represent the truth, we leverage the consistency structure of truth. First, we use the fact that a statement and its negation should have probabilities that add up to 1. This motivates the consistency loss. Consistency loss is L with subscript consistency. I'll just call it consistency loss. Consistency loss of theta, comma, b, comma, qi is defined as equal to p of xi plus minus then in brackets 1 minus p of xi minus, with that entire right-hand side of the definition, in square brackets, and all squared. However, this objective alone has a degenerate solution, p of x plus equals p of x minus equals 0.5. To avoid this problem, we encourage the model to also be confident with the following confidence loss. Confidence loss of theta, comma, b, qi, is defined as equal to min p of xi plus, comma, p of xi minus, squared. We can equivalently interpret confidence loss as imposing a second consistency property on the probabilities. The law of excluded middle, every statement must be either true or false. The final unsupervised loss is the sum of these two losses, averaged across all contrast pairs. So here the final unsupervised loss is notated as L subscript CCS of theta comma B. So L CCS of theta comma B is defined as equal to 1 over N times the sum for i equals 1 through to n, of the consistency loss, theta bqi, plus the confidence loss, theta bqi. Note that both losses are necessary. Confidence loss alone also has a degenerate solution. Subheading, inference. 
both probability of xi plus and 1 minus the probability of xi minus should represent the probability that the answer to qi is yes. However, because we use a soft consistency constraint, these may not be exactly equal. To make a prediction on an example xi after training, we consequently take the average of these. Normalized probability of qi is defined as equal to half of a long-term probability of xi plus plus 1 minus the probability of xi minus. We then predict that the answer to QI is yes, based on whether the normalized probability of QI is greater than 0.5. Technically, we also need to determine whether the probability of QI being more than 0.5 corresponds to yes or no, as this isn't specified by L subscript CCS, or the final unsupervised loss. For simplicity in our evaluations, we take the maximum accuracy over the two possible ways of labeling the predictions of a given test set. However, in Appendix A, we describe how one can identify the two clusters without any supervision in principle by leveraging conjunctions. Section 3. Results. Section 3.1. Experimental Setup. Here we give an overview of our experimental setup. See Appendix G for full details. There's also code available at a GitHub repository linked here. Heading. Models. We test six models. Here's a list of the models, each one with a reference. I won't read the references. There are encoder-decoder models, T5, unified QA, T0, autoregressive models, GPTJ, and encoder-only models, Roberta and Deberta. Heading, data. We test models on 10 datasets. Sentiment classification from IMDB and Amazon, more references here. Topic classification from AG News and DBpedia14, more references. NLI from RTE and QNLI, more references. Story completion from COPA and Story Close, more references. Question answering from Bull Q, reference here. And common sense reasoning, PIQA, there's a reference here. We convert each dataset to a yes no question answering task or a binary classification task, as described in Appendix G. We balance the labels and randomly subsample a thousand examples from each dataset, except for COPA, which has only 500 examples total. Then randomly split each dataset into an unsupervised training set, 60% of the data, and a test set, 40% of the data. We subsample each dataset for computational efficiency reasons. Because we aggregate over 9 prompts per dataset, 10 datasets and 6 models, 1,000 data points per dataset actually corresponds to approximately 180,000 examples in total. Heading, methods. We test four main methods, zero-shot, calibrated zero-shot, Contrast Consistent Search, or CCS, and Logistic Regression, or LR. Zero-shot works by predicting the answer with the highest log probability according to the language model, averaged across the tokens that make up that label. Calibrated zero-shot works by balancing zero-shot predictions to be 50-50 for each answer, as we described in more detail below, similar to Zhao et al. 2021. For Logistic Regression, we train on the training split for each dataset using normalized 5x+, and normalized 5x minus as the covariates, then evaluate on the corresponding test split. We treat LR as a ceiling since it uses labeled data. When testing CCS, we optimize it 10 times using Adam W, reference to Loshilov and Hutter 2017, with learning rate 0.01, then take the run with the lowest unsupervised loss. Unless otherwise specified, we train CCS using all prompts for a single training set, then evaluate it on the corresponding test split. There's a table here whose caption reads, Accuracy of each method and model averaged across all prompts and dataset, 
with the average standard deviation of accuracy across different prompts shown in parentheses. For most models, CCS outperforms zero-shot accuracy and exhibits lower sensitivity to prompts, even though this was not our goal. This shows that we can recover knowledge from language model activations without supervision and can do so in a way that is competitive with strong baseline methods that use model outputs. There's also a note that T0 was trained on 9 out of 10 datasets that we evaluate on, including some of the data in our test splits, so we ignore it when averaging over models. And as described, there's a table here showing columns for each of the different models and the mean of all of them. For each method, zero-shot, calibrated zero-shot, CCS, CCS all data, and LR ceiling. I won't read out all the data in this table, you can check it out in the paper. Heading, zero-shot baselines. Zero-shot outputs sometimes suffer from miscalibration, reference to Zhao et al. 2021, in which models are biased towards predicting specific answers. Calibrating the outputs to be uniform over different answers can mitigate this problem. We use a variant of the calibration method presented in Zhao et al. 2021 by balancing predictions to be 50-50 across the two output labels. Specifically, if L subscript plus and L subscript minus are the logits for the positive and negative label respectively, then instead of classifying an example as positive if L subscript plus is greater than L subscript minus, we classify it as positive if L subscript plus is greater than L subscript minus plus gamma, where we select the threshold gamma part of the set R so that the predictions are balanced. We find this increases accuracy by about 5% on average. Unless otherwise specified, we always report zero-shot accuracy after calibration. Encoder-only models, for example Roberta and Deberta, cannot be easily used to do zero-shot classification out of the box. So to evaluate them, we follow the method of Yin et al. 2020. We fine-tune both models on an NLI dataset, MNLI, which we do not evaluate on, and train the difference between the entailment and contradiction probabilities as the effective logit. This provides a strong zero-shot baseline for encoder-only models that works even for non-NLI tasks, reference to Yin et al. 2020. This fine-tuning isn't necessary for CCS to work on encoder-only models, see Appendix C, but we test CCS using the same MNLI fine-tuned models for ease of comparison. Heading, Hidden States. We extract the hidden states corresponding to the last token in the last layer of each model for simplicity, unless otherwise specified. For encoder-decoder models, we evaluate CCS on the last layer hidden states of both the encoder and decoder, and use whichever one generally achieves a lower unsupervised loss. For T0, this is the decoder hidden states, while for T5 and unified QA, this is the encoder hidden states. See Appendix G1 for further implementation details, such as tokenization. Heading, Prompts. To reduce prompt sensitivity, we use between 8 and 13 prompts for each dataset, 9 on average, derived or slightly modified from Sun et al. 2021. Unless otherwise specified, we average across all prompts when showing results. To construct contrast pairs, we let XI plus be the zero-shot prompt using QI and the first label, for example positive for sentiment classification datasets, and let XI minus be the prompt using QI and the second label, for example negative, we describe all prompts in Appendix 1. Section 3.2, Evaluating CCS. Section 3.2.1, CCS outperforms zero-shot. We evaluate CCS on all six models and compute the average accuracy across all datasets and prompts. 
T0 was trained on 9 out of 10 of the datasets we evaluate on, including some of the data in our test splits, so we ignore it when averaging over models to avoid unfair comparisons. We display the results in Table 1 described earlier. To assess prompt sensitivity, for each model and dataset we compute the standard deviation, or SD, of accuracy across different prompts, then average the resulting standard deviations across all datasets, which we show in parentheses in Table 1. For comparison, we also include results when training CCS on all datasets simultaneously, which we refer to as CCS All Data. CCS attains an accuracy of 71.2% on average compared to 67.2% for calibrated zero-shot. It outperforms zero-shot accuracy for every model except for Roberta, where it does 2% worse, and T0, for which zero-shot accuracy is inflated. Training on all datasets improves accuracy by only an insignificant amount on average, 0.3%, but with large gains for T0 in particular, 77.6% up to 84.8%. These results show that CCS can exceed the performance of strong baseline methods that assess the model outputs, even though this wasn't our main goal. This indicates that it is indeed possible to classify examples with high accuracy using only unlabeled model representations. Section 3.2.2 CCS is robust to misleading prompts. Recall our goal, to discover latent knowledge in a language model even when the model outputs false text. In particular, language models are typically trained to imitate text whether or not it is correct, so if a model sees false text, it should intuitively be more likely to predict that subsequent text will also be false. Based on this idea, we provide an initial proof of concept that CCS can make progress towards our goal by constructing prompts that aim to mislead the outputs of language models. Specifically, we add a prefix to the beginning of our zero-shot prompts that consists of questions answered incorrectly. The hope is that such a prefix will decrease zero-shot accuracy because the model will imitate its context and answer subsequent questions incorrectly, even if it internally knows, in quotes, better. We found that while most models are robust to this type of prefix, see Appendix B, it significantly drops calibrated zero-shot performance in unified QA, decreasing accuracy from 80.4% to 70.9%. We evaluate CCS on these examples and show the results in Figure 4 in the appendix. We find that despite the 9.5% drop in zero-shot accuracy, CCS maintains high accuracy, 82.1% up to 83.8%. This provides evidence that our method can still work well even when the model outputs are unreliable. Section 3.3, Analyzing CCS. We have shown that CCS attains strong classification performance in standard settings and when we deliberately mislead models. Moreover, we have described our motivation as discovering latent representations of truth in language models. But in practice, CCS just finds a direction in representation space that attains high accuracy. This raises the question, in what sense is CCS actually finding truth in quotes features? We now provide a preliminary investigation of this question. Section 3.3.1 CCS finds a task-agnostic representation of truth. From the results described so far, it may be possible that the classifier we find is capturing dataset-specific properties, such of which of two labels, for example yes versus no, is more likely to be correct. We rule this out by showing that it generalizes across completely different tasks, including ones with different label spaces, such as from yes and no for generic task to positive and negative for sentiment classification. In particular, we train and test CCS on every pair of datasets and show the resulting transfer for several models in Figure 2 and see Appendix F for results with other models. 
And here's figure two, whose caption reads, Transfer performance using CCS on unified QA, T0 and Deberta. The y-axis corresponds to the training dataset, and the x-axis corresponds to the test dataset. The final row, or no transfer, corresponds to training and testing on the same dataset, which is the same as the diagonal. On most datasets, CCS transfers well to other datasets relative to no transfer, including to different tasks with completely different labels. In some cases, transfer even outperforms the no transfer setting. See Appendix E for results with other models. And as described, for UQA, T0 and Deberta, we have a grid with different models on the x-axis and y-axis. And then in each square corresponding to the junction between two models, we have a score which is colour-coded. It's very detailed and you can check it out in the original paper. Back to the text. We find that CCS indeed transfers well. In the majority of datasets, the transfer accuracy of CCS is competitive with training and testing on the same dataset. The last row in figure 2, no transfer. Transfer performance can even outperform the no transfer setting, especially when we train on simpler tasks, such as sentiment classification. For example, training CCS on the Amazon sentiment dataset achieves an average transfer accuracy of 71.8%, which is 0.6% higher than CCS without transfer. We speculate that this performs so well because the difference in representations between correct and incorrect answers is especially pronounced for easier tasks like Amazon. Additionally, transfer accuracy tends to be similar for many datasets. For example, training on IMDB, that's row 1 of figure 2, has similar accuracy as training on DBpedia, that's row 4. This provides evidence that CCS can find a functionally similar direction across many different types of training datasets. Overall, these results suggest that 1. Models may have a task-agnostic representation related to what is true, and that 2. CCS may approximately find this representation even without diverse data. Section 3.3.2. CCS does not just recover model outputs. One possibility is that CCS can only recover knowledge already contained in a model's outputs. We have shown that CCS can outperform zero-shot accuracy, especially when model outputs are misled, which already provides evidence against this possibility. We now provide additional evidence against this concern. First, if CCS were just recovering knowledge in the model outputs, using the last layer of a network, right before the outputs, should presumably outperform intermediate layers, which are more causally distant from the outputs. However, for T5 and unified QA, we find that using hidden states in the middle of the network outperform hidden states at the end of the network when using CCS. This is especially true for unified QA on misleading prefixes. We find that using the encoder hidden states is robust to misleading prefixes, but that accuracy using the decoder hidden states drops from 81% to 73.5%, a similar amount to zero-shot accuracy. This suggests that compared to the later layers of a model, intermediate layers are more robust and less correlated with the model outputs, and that CCS can take advantage of this. Finally, if CCS were just recovering knowledge in the model outputs, we would only expect it to work in cases where model outputs are informative, However, we show in Appendix C that CCS still works with masked language models when their outputs are uninformative. When we don't mask any input tokens and when we prompt models so that the labels used to construct contrast pairs appear in the middle of a prompt rather than at the end. These results show that CCS can sometimes recover latent knowledge in a model that is distinct from and more useful than what the model outputs. Section 3.3.3. Truth is a salient feature. From the results we have presented so far, 
It is possible that the direction learned by CCS is difficult to find and requires using a large amount of unsupervised data. We provide evidence against this possibility by showing that finding such a direction can both, one, often be done with only a small amount of data, and can also, two, often be done by essentially taking the top principal component of a slightly modified representation space. Heading, CCS doesn't require much data. We now evaluate how well CCS performs with different amounts of data. Whereas before we trained CCS using the full training set and all prompts, here we use limited data and a single prompt. Specifically, we train using only K unlabeled contrast pairs, using the single prompt for each model and data set that achieves the highest zero-shot accuracy. We still test on all prompts for each data set. We resample K points 32 times for each of K, 1, 2, 4, etc., and take the average accuracy across those 32 samples. Finally, we plot the average such accuracy across all datasets and prompts for several models in Figure 3. Figure 3 is here. It has a caption, Accuracy when we train CCS on K samples for different values of K, each time averaged across 32 trials. We use the single prompt with the highest zero-shot accuracy for each dataset and model. While CCS benefits from more examples, it can often work well with limited data. And so here's a graph with the number of samples on the x-axis and the accuracy and percentage on the y-axis. It's a truncated axis that starts at around 70% and ends at around 80%. And we have lines for UQA, T0, and Deberta. We notice that at even one sample, all of these are already above 70% accuracy. And in all cases, the greatest increase comes before eight samples, and then it's more or less level with a slow increase after that. Except for Deberta, which slowly decreases after a while and then comes back up again. Back to the text. We find that while CCS benefits from more data, it can often do well with very limited data. In fact, it can sometimes even do well with only a single contrast pair. Though we find high variance across individual datasets, see Appendix D for more details. This suggests that the strong performance of CCS does not primarily come from using a large amount of unsupervised data, and indicates that the direction learned by CCS may be relatively easy to find. Heading. Contrastive representation clustering. We now show that directions correlated with the truth may be salient, in quotes, in a different way. By showing that we can also find such directions using either, one, PCA, or two, clustering. Specifically, Suppose we can construct contrast pairs, xi plus and xi minus, as before. Intuitively, these two examples are qualitatively almost identical, except that one is true and the other is false. So the main difference between the representations normalized phi of qi plus and normalized phi of qi minus should relate to truth. Consequently, we can take the differences in normalized hidden states, and here's a formula from before, showing the difference between normalized phi of xi plus and normalized phi of xi minus for i equals 1 through to n, and cluster them. We call this method contrastive representation clustering, or CRC. Clustering can be achieved by taking the top principal component, or TPC, and thresholding it zero, or by doing a bimodal salience search, or BSS, to find a direction that looks bimodal. See Appendix G3 for more details. We compare CCS and these two variants of contrastive representation clustering in Table 2, using the same setting as in Table 1. Audio note, here is a similar table. To Table 1, the caption reads, Table 2. We compare CCS to two variants of contrastive representation clustering, TPC, which clusters by projecting onto the top principal component, and BSS, 
which clusters by finding a direction that looks bimodal. We show accuracy and standard deviation of each model averaged across all prompts and dataset in the same setting as Table 1. We find that CCS generally performs the best, but that all methods are competitive with ZeroShot. Audio note, once again, I won't read out all of the numbers in this table. You can check them out in the paper. Back to the text. While CCS performs best, all methods attain high accuracy and are competitive with zero-shot performance. This indicates both that, one, representations of truth often lie in a high-variance direction in the contrastive representation space, normalized phi of xi plus minus normalized phi of xi minus, for i equals 1 through to n, and also that, two, true and false examples are often well-clustered in this same contrastive space. This strengthens the idea that representations of truth may be salient features inside models that are relatively easy to find. This may help explain why CCS can perform well without using any supervision, and how it can do so even with only a limited amount of unlabeled data. This was an audio version of an excerpt from Discovering Latent Knowledge in Language Models Without Supervision by Colin Burns et al. This excerpt is included in the core curriculum of the AGI Safety Fundamentals course. This reading was by Perrin Walker and produced by Type 3 Audio.